All right, I've got a question for you. Where are my roller coaster people? Put your hands in the air if you're a roller coaster. Oh, good job. Woo, I want to hear a big woo. You're a roller coaster person. Awesome. All right, where are my rocking chair people? Okay, yeah, there we go. Some hands come up. Where basically this is as close as you ever want to get to one of those, uh, this sermon. You know, you know what? This series is about uh, the roller coaster of life, though. So you're all right. You don't have to get on any. In fact, that roller coaster you just watched in the video, uh, I had the privilege of riding that multiple times this summer over and over and over again because I'm one of the first crowd. I love a good roller coaster. Um, I like the smooth, nice, new, fast ones. That's, those are my favorite. Um, and I really, really enjoy... Uh, getting on the amusement park rides and having a lot of fun on that stuff. And so I'm, I'm with you guys, but that's all right. If you don't love roller coasters this morning, that's no problem. That's no problem. We have uh, a, a series on the roller coaster of life and surviving the ride of your life. And so my message this morning is about joy now. As Switchfoot sang in that song, uh, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting for the end. I want to live now. I want to have joy now. And so life, yeah, it's definitely a roller coaster, isn't it? I've got some photos of my family to put up. I want to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, my wife, Amy, and my daughter, Naya, who's three, and uh, my son, Elias, who is one and a half. We've been through a major roller coaster of life in the last few weeks. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Life has those ups and downs, those twists and turns that throw your way. And it can be a real, real uh, crazy experience at times. But we have had a great time, even though it's been a challenge. And what I, what I mean by that is just, if you look at this picture, just in a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, we were in um, Auckland, New Zealand. And we were living in subtropical Auckland, New Zealand, getting ready for summer. Um, <laughs> it would be summer now in New Zealand, not winter. So that was a little bit of a twist and turn and bump in the road. Um, we didn't think for, uh, in any way, we would be here um, before summer, we, but we did come in your summer in July. We came for a visit uh, to see family, and we knew that our ride was slowly bringing us back to Canada, and we thought in 2015 we'd probably be looking for work back in, in uh, Canada, and so the word got out. We started talking, and on our ninth wedding anniversary on July 16th, we sat down with Tim and Dale and they told me um, core values of Moncton Wesleyan Church. And they started with, we're fun. And I said, sold. <laughs> Sign me up. If you're fun, I want to be there. And I found that that's, that's true. It's true. You're fun, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And so it's been a roller coaster ride. We're glad to be here. We're so excited about what God's been doing. In fact, I want to tell you a little bit about our youth ministry. And, and we've uh, dubbed our youth ministry Prime Student Ministries. And Prime is not spelled incorrectly for us, um, if you're noticing that. The Y actually represents the Greek letter um, gamma, which is the third letter. So it means third. And the idea is that God's prime and others are prime and we are third. And so we take that third place, and that's the prime position with Christ, and that's where we want to be. And so we're excited about what God's doing. There's been some amazing things happening. We've had over 100 students out every Wednesday. We had, over, we had 105 students at an all-nighter just last weekend on Halloween night. And that was an awesome event. We had a great time. Um, but when you're talking about joy, you know, I needed a little extra measure that night, especially actually that morning, Saturday morning. Um, but it was, it, it was a great thing. But the highlight so far... Um, the high point of our ride with Prime so far was a week ago, two weeks ago, Wednesday, when um, I gave an opportunity for the students to commit 
to showing and telling their faith in Christ. But I, I said, you can't show and tell the, the amazing difference God's made in your life if it hasn't happened yet. And so I gave an opportunity for those who have not allowed Christ yet to transform their lives and bring joy to their lives to make that commitment. And more than 15 students made that commitment and we're really excited. Amen. Amen. And even more exciting, more than half, over 50 students stood to say they want to do a better job demonstrating that. And if those, you know, 65 plus students make that a reality, our, our youth group's going to be uh, world changing and, and especially here in the city of Moncton. So we're excited about what God's doing at Prime. And uh, just a little plug, if we're going to be that kind of youth group, I need a lot more help. And so if you're interested, come talk to me. Help of all, time, all types. Let's get to it, though. I want to talk about this ride of your life. Our, our title um, for the series is Roller Coasters and Surviving the Ride of Your Life. But I want to focus this morning on this, this concept of the ride of your life because I don't believe that we were called by Christ to be transformed into this new life so that we could merely survive. In fact, I don't believe surviving the ride of your life actually happens if we just kind of huddle in a corner and, and say, oh, if we just grin and bear it, you know, you know if you're kind of on the roller coaster and just kind of go, no, I, I just got to get through to the end. In fact, fun story, my daughter, Naya, and I, we went on the roller, one of the kid roller coasters at um, Canada's Wonderland in the summer. And it was, it was cute. We get on, and, and she's sitting beside me. She's never been on one before. And the ride starts, and next thing I know, it's just, boom, she's buried in my, in my side, eyes closed, just grinning and bearing it. We get right to the end. My wife's standing on the side going, well, that was not good. As soon as we end, I went, are you okay? She went, again? <laughs> she, she loved it. But um, we, we, weren't, we weren't created to just grin and bear it. We were created to have joy and joy now. I believe that life is for, for now, not just the afterlife, which we are excited about. And we believe we can live forever. But we need to survive by really having the ride of our lives today. And so, simple truth I want us to think about this morning. We should never apologize as a church for having a great time. Do you believe that? We should never apologize for having a great time at church. I think that I've heard this said a few times. I've actually heard a few people kind of apologize. Oh, we're not doing anything super spiritual. We're just getting together and having some food together. That's Great. That's, that is spiritual. Having life together, living life together, being, uh, being joyful Christians together. That is what God has called us to be. And we're going to look in 1 Thessalonians 5 this morning at a pretty direct statement from Paul. In the New Living Translation, he says, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. He is faithful to do it. So I want to talk about how we can align with God and how joy is part of God's will. Because joy now... To have joy in this life is, in fact, God's will. And it comes when we align with God's will in our lives. He said, Paul said, always be joyful. This is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. A clear statement that joy in our lives is God's will. He wants it. I think the first step to having joy now is believing that God wants you 
to have joy now. The roller coaster of life is not something to simply be endured. It's something to be enjoyed and embraced. Something to be enjoyed and embraced. There's, uh, you know, uh, John 10, one of my favorite verses in the Amplified Version says, I came that they, have, they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. Jesus Christ came that we would have and enjoy life. It's his will that we do. The word joy or rejoice is found in the scriptures more than 400 times. Almost as much as the word love. It is part of who we are. It is a part of our DNA as Christians. And, and we need to understand that it's, it's actually okay. And I think we need to give ourselves permission to be happy, to be joyful. And Paul practically commands that we need to be joyful always. Not really practically, he does. But think about the statement this morning. Holiness and joy are never mutually exclusive. Think about that for a minute. Because I've met some people, not here, I've met some people though that find joy to be contradictory to holiness. And that's it's simply not true. In fact, I think it's the opposite. A holy life that is not filled with joy, there's a, there's a contradiction in our spirit as we've seen. The, the, the will of God is for us to have joy in our lives. <laughs> some people, though, they live out their Christian life as if fun is a sin. <laughs> they do. And I, I don't want us to be like that. I don't want to be like that. I want to have a great time in the Lord. Philippians 2, as we've read in our last series, says do everything without grumbling or arguing. That's a challenge to me. I don't know about you, but I, this, is, this message this morning is, is coming right here. Um, because I have a tendency sometimes to, to just grumble and complain and, and have, my, have my say and what I think is, is good or bad around me. But Henry Blackaby, who wrote, a, wrote the book Experiencing God Day by Day, said... If there's anything that ought to characterize the life of a Christian, it is joy. It's joy. And so, what is joy not? Joy is not circumstantial. Okay? Happiness, happiness is a word we use for our circumstantial experiences and fun and, and good feelings. And that's, it's about our happenings, about what happens to us. It's, it changes moment to moment. It's really about self. It's about you and me and what we're going through at the moment. But joy is about being in line with God and his will. It's about him. It's about serving him and being in a relationship with him. Paul said to give thanks in all circumstances. And that is a byproduct of joy. We can't give thanks in all circumstances because of our happenings and our circumstance. We give thanks because of the joy of the Lord in our lives. Consider Paul and Silas in prison. What a great testimony of the joy of the Lord. And a great demonstration of it, if you don't know the story in Acts, uh, Paul and Silas were beaten, were accused of, of basically doing what the Lord wanted and, and doing good. And they were, they were chained up in the prison. And that night, what did they do? They sang hymns and songs of praise. And everyone around them listened. And a great, uh, go read that story. It's a great story of the product of joy. Because joy... As Henry Blackaby puts it, is not is something that is unaffected by our circumstances. It's a state of mind and an orientation of the heart. It is deep. It is a settled state of contentment, confidence, and hope in the Lord. When we truly trust in Him, when we know God, and we have that relationship with Him, and we are in His will, we know what joy is. That's why James can say in one two, he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. 
The testing of your faith develops perseverance. It's, it's one of those strange, um, mysterious things about Christianity that we can experience joy even in the difficult times. In fact, that's one of the great things that draws people to Christ. Romans 5, another scripture that confirms it's God's will, says that faith brings joy. It's a product of our faith. Paul says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Joy now because of what is to come. And so joy now comes from aligning with God's will, but it also comes from aligning with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. We know this verse in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't know about you, but if I have this list in my life, joy is, you can't have all those other things without joy, in my opinion, because joy is right there, kind of summarizing it all up. I would love, and, and people would love to experience these things. I think this is what we are so excited about that God can bring into our lives. But aligning with the Holy Spirit is what brings us this joy. But I, the, Paul makes an important statement in here in the scripture in 1 Thessalonians that we need to look at because it, it indicates that living out the joy of the Holy Spirit is actually a choice. It's actually a choice. It's freely given. He says, always be joyful, which means we can. That's important, right? It's the will of God. You can be joyful. But he says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit in the NIV. It says, do not uh, put out the Spirit's fire, which means we can. It's an important distinction. We can put out the Holy Spirit's joy in our lives. We can stifle the Holy Spirit's joy in his work in our lives. It's freely given, but we need to draw near to it. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to pour into your life this morning and each day. He wants to give us joy when we let him. But the ride of your life, it's more enjoyable when you don't try to do it alone. Some of us are trying to make it alone without drawing near to the Holy Spirit. I love what um, C.S. Lewis said in his book, Mere Christianity. Let me read it to you. It says, if you want to get warm, you need to stand near the fire. If you want to get wet, you must get into the water. What a great testimony of joy. Baptism is, amen. And if you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, then you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. And we just heard the thing that has them is the Holy Spirit. And when we get into him, then we can finally experience, when we're in line with him, we can experience the joy of the Lord, which is uh, something that is a testimony of what God has done in our lives. It's his will. Paul kind of gives us a simple way of understanding how to do this. He says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. That means never stop connecting and being close to the Holy Spirit. Paul is giving us this teaching and saying, connect. If you're lacking joy, try connecting to the Holy Spirit through continual prayer. I pray all the time. It's not something I just do at night with my hands folded and knee, you know, on my knees, but head bowed. I pray all the time. I usually have to keep my eyes open, especially when I'm driving. But it's kind of one of those things that we get got to do all the time. Don't try crossing the street that way with, with your eyes closed either. But pray continually. When I'm in a conversation with someone and I need the Lord's help, I'm whispering prayers to the Lord and saying, Holy Spirit, guide me. Help me. So aligning with 
God's will and aligning with the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, joy comes, joy now comes from aligning with Jesus' teaching. Hold on to the good, Paul said. Avoid every kind of evil. Now, I don't think any of us roller coaster people, or especially those who are rocking chair people, would go and, and get on that roller coaster and say, Oh, no, never mind the harness. I'm good. Forget it. <laughs> uh, and there's always that instruction on, on the back of the roller coaster or, or, or you know, somewhere, someone's saying it over a loudspeaker, please keep your arms and legs inside the ride at all times. Because I don't think anything would ruin a ride faster than a lost limb, except maybe coming out of your seat. Uh, <laughs> that's everyone's major fear, right? Those of you who are like, I don't want to get on that. But that's, that's how sometimes people live their lives. They're saying, I don't, I just, I don't need God's wisdom. I don't need your teaching. I don't need your rules. I don't need your harness. But the roller coaster of life, that's engineered by God. And until we align ourselves with God's will and accept that he knows what is best, that he loves us dearly and his guidelines are not to ruin our joy, but to bring us life and joy, then we will not quite be experiencing the joy of the Lord. Because our attitude toward the commands of God, that has a profound effect on our joy. When we fight and resist what God is, is clearly saying is best for our lives, we, we don't experience the joy. You, you've probably experienced that, that tension that comes in the Christian life when you're struggling with, with something God wants from you and you know that it'd be better, that we'd be better if you lined up, but you're struggling to do it. That has a profound effect on our joy because nothing will kill your joy faster than sin. This next picture is a, uh, on the screen is a picture of a wooden roller coaster at Canada's Wonderland. I've been on that one too. I'm not that kind of roller coaster person. <laughs> now, if you're a roller coaster person, you've been on the wooden ones versus the, you know, the nice steel smooth new ones. You know what I'm talking about. These ones, uh, they don't go in loops and crazy fast. They don't go too high. They, they just go around corners really, really suddenly. It's like, you know, just slam. It basically, they slam you from side to side against wood. That's, and they rattle your teeth out of your head. And to me, that's a good illustration of what it's like to try to live a Christian life when we are fighting up against the rules of God, when we are, we are just not being obedient to the things. It, it just rattles us. It, does, it shakes us. It's not a smooth and comfortable ride, and the joy does not come along with that experience. Henry Blackaby also said this. He said, God wants us to experience his joy Yet we cannot experience his joy until we have mourned over our sin. If we do not grieve over the weight of our sin, we have no concept of sin's devastating power. If we treat our sin lightly, we demonstrate that we have no sense of the enormity of our offense against Almighty God. Joy comes when we align with God's word, his wisdom. And so when we want to experience joy, we need to understand the weight of our sin. But if we surrender to God's will, when we, when we say, God, you're in control, you're the engineer of my life, then he keeps us on the tracks and smooths it all out. Paul said if, at the end of this scripture we read today, may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. He who calls you is faithful. We can trust in him to do this work in our lives. And John 15 makes it clear. His commands bring life and joy. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. 
These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. The word of God is given that joy may be in us. His wisdom, his teaching, his guidelines, the the things that are meant to keep us on the rails and keep us from flying off or losing a limb. They are, I mean, I don't know about you, but I welcome that. I welcome that. And we welcome it joyfully. And so, kind of in summary of it all, joy now comes from aligning with God's will. It comes from uh, being aligned with the Holy Spirit and being aligned with Jesus' teachings. It's about aligning also with God's passion. Luke 15 says there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. God wants our, us to have joy. We saw that in the scriptures. It's clear. But the greatest joy comes when one lost sinner repents and returns to God. And so this morning, our joy, the joy I want us to experience as a church, and I I want to experience in my life the joy now that brings uh, life. It's our witness to those who God wants to return to him. First Peter says, you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. To tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. I think nothing demonstrates the night and day difference God has made in our lives but the joy of the Lord. The transformation God makes in our lives brings forth a joy that is the most attractional quality of his kingdom. And if we want to be joyful, we need to align with what God's passion is. And God's passion is people coming into relationship with him and experiencing the joy of the Lord. You will never experience the true joy of the Lord until you embrace his passion for the world. Do you catch that? If, until we embrace what God's passion is and his passion is for each and every lost soul that exists around us then we can't truly experience that joy within ourselves. And when we line up with God's will and we understand he wants us to have joy and we align with God's Holy Spirit, we can receive that joy through the Holy Spirit and we align with Jesus' teachings, we can live out that joy in uh, the best life possible. But until we align with God's passion for the world, I don't believe we can truly enjoy the ride of our lives or experience the ride of our lives. Life is a roller coaster. It has all kinds of ups and downs. You're not going to find yourself happy in every moment, but you can know the peace and joy, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit in your life. But is there an area of your life that's out of line? Are we on that wooden roller coaster sometimes and you feel like you're resisting a little bit? How's your prayer life, your alignment with the Holy Spirit? Or maybe you just struggle with just being joyful because you felt like maybe that that being too happy doesn't line up with God's will, but it is God's will. Or maybe we've been busy seeking our own passions rather than the passion of the Lord. This morning, I believe that 
joy as a, can be the witness of the body of Christ. And I believe that it needs to be. And like I said, I'm preaching to myself and maybe to you. I want us as we sing our next song to embrace the joy of the Lord. I'm going to ask the team to come out and as they lead us in worship, I want us to embrace the joy of the Lord. And if you need to realign any area of your life, if you need to say, God, I need to align with your, with your will because I believe it's your will that I am able to always be joyful. Or maybe I need to align with your Holy Spirit and connect better and pray continually. Or maybe you need to align with his teaching. You've been, you've been struggling with some of the, the things that God has been asking of you. Or maybe it's in alignment with his vision and purpose for this world. If any of those things are true, I pray that you would surrender those to God and accept the joy of the Lord this morning. Amen.